Makers of Sport Podcasts, Episode 34, Halftime. to Makers of Sport Halftime, the 20-minute show on the off weeks of interviews where I discuss topics such as professionalism, entrepreneurship, and business to help you in your careers so that you can apply it to the sports industry. On this episode, I'm going to be discussing the topic of starting. Now you may ask, why would I discuss such an easy topic? What does that even mean? Everyone starts at some point. You start a project, you start working out, you start eating well, you start a Netflix series, or you start reading a book. But how many people quit because continuity is not easy to do? How many people don't even start at all for the fear of failure or simply due to laziness? It's easy to develop the thinking that starting eating healthy will be something impossible to keep up with. And I'm going to die one day anyway, so I might as well eat what I want and enjoy life, right? Well, right there is the reason I'm discussing this topic. And no, I'm not going to be your life coach and tell you you need to eat better or exercise. We hear enough of that, and Lord knows I need to eat better myself and get myself to the gym daily instead of just playing basketball once or twice a week or spending most of my time in my comfortable air-on chair interneting all day. But I use that metaphor in order to relate it to another area of life where we fear starting, and that is business and entrepreneurship in executing our ideas. Think for a moment about all of the times you've had a great idea for something. I'm not talking about having an idea as part of a creative service or your job, such as a concept for a project that you have already been assigned. But I'm talking more in the greater sense, defining the project itself. Inspiration strikes as you're doing some task and you have an idea about how to make the task more streamlined. Or you consider that if there was a certain product that solved this particular problem you're currently facing, how much easier your life would be or how much money someone could make from such an idea since there are likely many that face a similar issue or have a similar need or want. Possibly, You have an idea for a services business, such as a sports design agency or other creative agency that can better serve clients than what you have seen up to this point because of some differentiation point you have developed after listening to episode 30, the positioning halftime episode. Sometimes you may even go so far as to tell your friends or colleagues, let them know your idea and think, Someone should do this. If someone pursued that, it would solve a lot of problems and they could become wealthy because I'd buy it or use it. Now, every single human being can likely identify with those feelings or sayings. Very few, however, push through that thinking and decide, you know what? I should be the person that does this. I don't know where to start, but I'm going to figure it out. I'm going to do the research and I'm going to make it happen. You see, 
If over and over you are saying someone should do that, you are doing yourself as a creative person in the greatest time period in history as it regards to being able to start something a great disservice. If you say that, you probably enjoy a comfortable life. And by that, I mean a steady salary, staying off the radar of haters, just grinding away in the day-to-day of sameness. The same projects are thrown your way. You do what you've always done, and the cyclical projects come back time and time again. So maybe you change it just a little bit because you don't need to push yourself. You have a salary, right? Someone will one day come up with that great product that you want and need. You just need to have a little patience. Now, I call BS. As someone who grew up thinking this way, that, quote, someone should do that, I'm a case study that proves you can move outside of that thinking with just a little discomfort. You can be the person that has an idea, thinks to yourself. You should make the thing does a little research on how to make the thing, and then makes the thing. At first, it's not going to be any good because you are learning. You're iterating, trying to learn as you do something. That is the reason why many of us never start in the first place. They read the books, read the blog posts, do some of the research, but never start because they are afraid of what people will say in this very judgmental and subjective internet world that we live in. What if someone sees your project and trashes it? What if some anonymous internet troll who probably has never started anything in their life badmouths your project because it isn't executed to perfection? These anonymous trolls or even trolls that we know personally are the people that keep many of us from starting. We are afraid of what people might think if the project fails or if it isn't any good. And the reality is, it isn't going to be good when you start. It takes guts to put something in the world that isn't perfect. It takes real gumption to start something and to keep iterating on it amongst the anonymous hate being spewed by the internally envious, the ones that will never launch something because they can't overcome their own internal resistance. The book, The War of Art, states, The critic hates most that which he would have done himself if he had the guts. In this same book, The War of Art, Stephen Pressfield, who happens to also be the author of The Legend of Bagger Vance, coins the term the resistance as voices in our heads, the negative forces that tell us that we are not good enough, that we don't know enough about our subject matter, and that we should not be the ones that are doing the thing we are thinking about doing. Now, this kind of thinking comes from what renowned marketing and business author Seth Godin simultaneously refers to as the lizard brain. It's the part of our brains near the stem that has evolved from our animalistic days to our current brain. During prehistoric time, this part of our brain could only comprehend fear, rage, and lust. And today, that is where these exact same feelings come from. Now, the hardest thing to do as a creative person is to fight this internal battle. People that call themselves entrepreneurs are typically synonymous with beating it. But once an entrepreneurial endeavor becomes stagnant and consistent with revenue making one comfortable, 
It's easy to fall back into the old practices of not innovating or starting because of these same fears. I believe that's why you see so many entrepreneurial people doing many different things. Think about folks that have started a startup. They made a ton of money selling that startup or taking it public. And then they start something else again. Now, they don't need the money. They can retire on a beach, play golf all day, or spend weeks at a time on their yacht if they want. But beating this resistance can actually be an addiction. Seth Godin states in his book, Lynchpin, Are You Indispensable? That the secret to being wrong isn't to avoid being wrong. The secret is being willing to be wrong. The secret is realizing that wrong isn't fatal. He also states that if you are trying to secure a future that is safe, you will willfully ignore the future that is likely. You see, safe is actually a lie. We've been brainwashed growing up that there's such a thing as a safe job. There is not. U.S. government post offices, a traditionally safe job, have been closing. Universities, publicly funded, are failing. Even your sports job at some NCAA school isn't safe. What happens when the Power Five leave the NCAA to begin their own association? Now, there are rumors that this plan is actually in place after the March Madness contract with CBS is up. These reasons alone should be enough to motivate us to start on that idea we've been hoarding. Because if you don't start, that idea means nothing. At the very least, you should share the idea with someone that is willing to have the guts to pursue it. Many venture capital firms, investors, and even services companies today, such as agencies and design firms, are declining signing things such as NDAs or non-disclosure agreements simply because the idea itself is worthless. The real value is taking the time to execute it. An idea is nothing more than a bunch of words. I'll use myself as an example. I can't tell you how many people I had tell me that this intersection of sports and creativity presented in podcast form is a great idea. An idea that they've been thinking about doing or would be good for someone else to do. The difference here is they never did it. It was just a cool idea in their heads, not useful to anyone. Now, I face these same fears and challenges when starting this thing. Who am I to give you advice in these episodes of halftime? I'm not a millionaire. Who am I to sit on equal ground with some of the best of the best in this niche and bring you discussions? Who am I to even have a podcast at all when there are people like Dan Benjamin of 5x5.tv or Leo Laporte of twit.tv doing shows with hundreds of thousands of downloads and large mainstream sponsors or even shows like Serial or the Startup Podcast? Starting this show was one of the hardest things I've ever done professionally, simply because there's an ignorance involved. I sat there looking at a blank screen, not knowing how to podcast. Heck, I never had even written before or taken the time to compose my thoughts in a consistent blog. Why? Because I was afraid. My lizard brain told me that people would judge me. People would judge my Kentucky accent, my personality, the, my very being. Putting myself out there in podcast form is one of the most vulnerable things that I could have done professionally other than actually going as far as to video myself doing this. The difference here is I started. I pushed through. As Stephen Pressfield says in his book, The War of Art, 
I did my work for its own sake, not of fortune or attention or applause. Selfishly, this show is for me, guys. That's my admission to you. I'm glad that you're able to take information from it and apply it to yourselves, but even if only 10 people listened, I would still do it because it is the culmination of me starting, winning the battle against my prefrontal cortex. For me, it's better to be on the court shooting an air ball for the last second game-winning shot than to be in the stands. The act of participating at all is where the glory and adrenaline comes from. And don't even begin to think that my battle is over. Before every single episode, especially these halftime shows, as I sit and think about the challenge ahead of me, the hours of research, the writing, the preparation, the conversation, even if I'm not in one of the greatest moods or am feeling great, the conversation has already been scheduled and I have to have it, have to be respectful of other people's schedules. These are things I continue to have to push through by starting, looking at my blank screen and starting writing or starting a design, or starting with that Skype call. But the feeling I get when it's all over, even if it's just for a brief time when the interview is done, when the show notes are written and the podcast is posted, that feeling is so great. It's a feeling of achievement, a feeling of adrenaline, until I face the same challenge for the very next show. If you never start, you will never feel this. This feeling of overcoming the resistance. So I encourage you, the person that is wanting to start their own business for a long time, but is afraid or doesn't feel they have the business acumen, or the person that has an idea for some product that seems impossible to make, I encourage you to start, sit down, begin the research, and do the thing. Start. Otherwise, you will fade into obscurity like the majority of the world, wishing that they would have done the one thing that one time, and living with regret. Success is not a destination, it's a journey, and the journey will never begin if you never start. If you have any questions or comments for me on this topic or have suggestions for any other topics you'd like me to discuss on these halftime episodes, then feel free to email me, info at makersofsport. Next week's episode guest will be Tom O'Grady. Tom is a co-founder, partner, and chief creative officer of Game Plan Creative, a creative sports marketing agency in Chicago. Before founding his own company, Tom was the NBA's first creative director, where he worked for 10-plus years branding the NBA of the 90s. As always, please like, rate, and write reviews of this show on iTunes. You can get there by going to makersofsport.com slash iTunes. I'll also accept likes or ratings on Stitcher, SoundCloud, or wherever else you happen to be listening to this podcast. Here is a review written recently this week by fellow podcaster Diane Gibbs. Diane and I actually met at Creative South, and she has a show called Design Recharge, which I highly recommend you check out as she has a variety of guests and exposes us to new talent instead of the same old famous designer interviews that so many podcasts do. Diane writes, Adam has created a podcast for designers in the sports industry, but this podcast reaches me, a designer not in the sports industry, and gives me insight into business and strategy that I can use in my own niche industry as well. The halftime shows have covered topics that will help freelancers starting a business and gives insight into strategies for more seasoned professionals. 
well-written and well-delivered as if he were talking face-to-face instead of from a script. Definitely worth the subscribe and look forward to his deep dives and how he asks questions we want to know the answers to. Thanks, Adam, and keep up the awesome work. Many thanks, Diane, for the review. It means a lot coming from a fellow podcaster and especially a design professor. It's good to know that there are professors out there that are keeping up with the industry and don't just stick to the same curriculums they've been taught from their BFA to MFA to direct to teaching experiences. Kudos to you and best of luck on your podcast as well. The rest of you, please go right now to makersofsport.com slash iTunes and hit the five star. Even better, write something on there telling other listeners or myself how much you like the show and what you like about it. Lastly, follow me, ask questions, or say hello to me on Twitter. And like the Facebook page, facebook.com slash makersofsport. I'm at T. Adam Martin on Dribble and Twitter. The show is at Makers of Sport. Until next time, have a good week.